I'm like, a, a, I guess, like a, a an optimistic nihilist. Like, <laughs> like, let's be positive about this, but at like the end of the day, like, it doesn't really matter. Hello, and welcome to Overshare, a podcast where we have honest conversations with creative people we admire, but the struggles that often come along with being a creator professional. Now, in a world of carefully curated portfolio sites and Instagram feeds, we try to get past those highlights and discuss the tough stuff we don't talk about in public often enough. In this episode, you will learn about the importance of working with great collaborators you can trust, and how sometimes what may seem like an inconsequential decision, like joining a kickball team, can give you the biggest break of your career. I'm your host, Justin Genak, and I'm also the co-founder of Working Not Working, a curated community that connects companies with the universe's most respected, most awarded, and hardest working creatives in advertising, design, production, and tech. Now, before we dive in, I've been told it's super important that you subscribe to make sure you get future episodes of Overshare as soon as they're released. And I've also been told that I have to shamelessly beg you to rate and review us uh, to help other people discover Overshare. So please, please, please rate and review Overshare now or after you listen to the episode, we really appreciate it. So today's episode is my interview with film and TV editor, Adam Epstein. I've been listening to the Mark Maron podcast for the past few years now, and he has a bit of a Saturday Night Live obsession, and he always geeks out whenever he has SNL cast members on. Uh, So now I have my own version of that. Uh, I sat down with my buddy Adam, who has been at Saturday Night Live for the past nine seasons and has edited over 100 digital shorts, including Levi's Woke, Star Wars Undercover Boss, The Day Beyonce Turned Black, Farewell Mr. Bunting, and on and on and on, like probably all of your favorites. Adam and I dive a bit into the chaos and the insane team effort it takes to pull off these films that they do in only two or three days. In addition to SNL, Adam is also the editor of Documentary Now on IFC, starring Fred Armisen and Bill Hader, uh, as well as feature films and commercials. Uh, He's a bit of an overachiever. But despite his success, uh, Adam doesn't take himself or the highs and lows uh, that come along with being a creative too seriously. We got into it and had a very, very long chat. A bit too long for the podcast, so we cut it down, which seems only fitting since uh, Adam's an editor. So hopefully you don't notice the seamless edits that we have in this episode. Check out the link to Adam's work in the show notes to go down a rabbit hole of SNL shorts. And in the meantime, please enjoy our conversation. So we're going to start real easy. Um, How are you? Can't complain, man. How are you? Thanks for having me. Thanks. Uh, Yeah, I'm excited. I know we talked about this like a year ago. And we, we finally got to make it happen, which is good because like now people are actually listening because it's season two. Hey. Um, so, you know, we, we waited till it actually it actually counted. No sophomore slump. No. Oh, God. I hope not. I feel like this is like now we're taking it seriously and this is going to be good. We lined up all good guests. We're coming out every two weeks, hitting it hard. Now, like, you know, now I'm like, maybe I can say I'm a podcaster. Yeah, I mean, everyone can say they're a podcaster. <laughs> it's actually true. So yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Um, <laughs> No, I feel like really honored. Uh, favorite SNL cast member of all time? That's impossible. Uh, Christ, Bill Murray, just because he's Bill Murray. All right, but I mean, as far as like, to, who's the best SNL cast member? As far as like being on SNL, yeah, either like Will Ferrell or Phil Hartman. Okay, I'd say. yeah, just yeah, Phil Hartman to me is like like a god. Yeah, so. you can't touch him. Yeah, yeah. The best. Uh, favorite SNL host. Like in general, or since I've been working there. Let's do since you've been working there. Man, that's so tough. It's all 
I would, I would need like, I would need a while to think about that. I know this is a terrible answer. Um, it's weird because like, there's sometimes like people who are just like, the show is great, but like the piece that we worked on, they like might not have even been in, but like, I thought that was the best show of the season right. or, you know, I thought our piece was wonderful, but, uh, like they were, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Wait, do you have a highlight from this past season? Someone that stood out? Um, performance wise, I, don't, I think uh, chance was really, really great. Yeah. And he's just like seeing uh, you know what he can do just from like a musical, and then also like oh he's like a really like naturally funny dude. Yeah. Donald Glover was amazing just because yeah, he can kind of do whatever. The people who are just like because you because know, my end of it like I'm not like really dealing you know with like the live show or like like the the full part of the week. So for me, I'm looking at it from I'm getting like you know dailies or mm-hmm. like same day same dailies uh-huh. and uh, you know just looking at performance. So it's interesting, you can really see quickly like, oh, okay, this person is just like a pro. And nailed it, yeah. Yeah, and just, and understands like how to work within like kind of like a, a weird time frame and... And like, probably in, in something like a format that probably not accustomed to. Yeah, and, yeah. and just being like, uh, being open and being flexible and understanding that like everyone here, like all we're trying to do is like make you look great. Yeah. Like that's, that's the main thing. Yeah. Um, and you know, the, I feel like it, it comes out the best when like everyone's kind of like resigned is the wrong word, but kind of like realizes that and just sort of like lets it generically happen. Yeah. And if they're naturally talented, then like It'll great, everyone out. wins. Yeah, 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 exactly. What's your uh, favorite film genre to spoof? Um, I mean, I like just probably like the more serious, the better. Yeah. Like truthfully, so like true crime, um, anything where like if you were doing it for real. I mean, I think that's the weird thing about working, like, or at least as far as things that get, like, the most exposure in SNL, like, working in, like, in, in parody, mm-hmm. uh, people are like, oh, well, that's just, like, you're doing comedy. Like, sure, but at the same time, like, when we do something, we're treating it exactly as if we were doing just, like, a straight-ahead drama. Right. And it comes across, I think, like, the best when, when you're taking something and you're just, like, you're doing it, do it straight, and then the absurdity of the fact that you're doing it so straight is like yeah. that's what makes it funny. Yeah. If you can tell that there's like a kind of like a wink wink. Well, it's almost like if you if you had your eyes closed, it should come across exactly the same. A hundred percent. And then there's absurdity in the performance or in the props or in anything yeah. else. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's just like either you know heightening it like a little bit more than natural or, or yeah. tweaking something or just like the way it's written, it takes like a left turn. You're like, oh, if you're paying attention, you're like, oh, yeah, okay. So it's because sincerity it's sincerity is always funny. I, yes, when, whenever you can tell that someone's like kind of like hamming it up, it always like, it feels forced. If you yeah. just do it like, and that was one, one of the things when, when kind of the team I came up with started doing this stuff, it was like, if we're doing a commercial, this should look exactly like a commercial, yeah. not like, and yeah. uh, nothing but respect for like previous like fake commercials and yeah. stuff. But if it's like a movie trailer, it should feel exactly like a movie trailer yeah. and so on and so no forth. No idea. No, you couldn't tell them apart. Yeah. yeah. And then that, that just like the despair or the, the kind of um, um, the dichotomy between the two is like what really heightens like the yeah. ridiculousness. Yeah. That was such a long-winded answer. No, I like it. Well, it's like, you know, we got good stuff to say about that. So I want to dive back into the, the history. Sure. Just where are you from? And did you grow up in a creative household? Um, yeah, uh, I was born uh, outside of Boston um, and lived on the East Coast till I was 10 mm-hmm. and then moved to Southern California when I was 10 and then uh, grew a, up. That's a shift. Yeah, I'm really, like in retrospect, it was a really a wonderful thing 
-hmm. And like you, when you're a kid, you have no idea like, oh, this will be good because I'll get this like kind of like jaded East Coast cynicism that'll just <laughs> kind of like take root. But then I'll like, and I'll have enough of that. Not that like you're at any like mature point when you're 10 years old, yeah. but like some personality is like starting to form uh -huh. uh, to an extent. But then I'll move to the West Coast and things will be like, way more laid back and yeah. that'll be kind of like a, but a, then, a nice little temper. To but the then team. you have to worry about like bullies from like the local karate um, school yeah. coming after you. Like you basically... <laughs> so much Cobra, so much Cobra Kai. Yeah. Though now like I feel like the revisionist history on like Karate Kid in general, especially with like the new show. I, I haven't seen, seen it. No. It's very good. Okay. Um, is it basically like Daniel LaRusso was kind of like, he was kind of the asshole when you think about it. Like he was the new kid who came in and sort of took this guy's girlfriend. Uh huh. Wait, did you ever see someone did a cut? Um, the trailer, the that, trailer like, yeah. that basically is like proving Daniel's an asshole. Yeah. Well, this, I mean, this show now is sort of like it's so great. It flips it in the sense I, I of like, yeah, yeah like heard... Johnny, you know, Johnny Lawrence, like not really that bad a dude. No, he's he just, just defending himself. Yeah, you know. Yeah, this kid coming around. Now, now I'm gonna like binge it this weekend. And I like, I think when I was younger too, like I didn't realize that like, oh, coming from New Jersey, that meant nothing to me. But now it's like, because I think LaRusso is from New Jersey. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so now you're like, yeah, fuck that guy from Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> that cocky prick. Yeah, we're just yeah. hanging out like by the beach and you come and like screw with our soccer game. Like, come yeah. on, man. <laughs> Not cool. Yeah, it's um, amazing. But uh, I mean, it's weird because you, you listen to like, writers or artists or comedians and so much of the stuff oftentimes like comes out from like uh either like parental pain. strife or yeah. pain and like it sound it's so boring and milk toast to be like my parents are amazing and like we're friends and there's like what was your struggle would they love me too much yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's i don't know it's super lame no but, but it's uh, like but it's i'm the reality is we all have our struggles yeah and if that's not the one that fucked you up then that's great that is true <laughs> Yeah. They're they're very cool. I genuinely like love hanging out with them now as like peers, mm -hmm. um, and that's I think one of the best parts about getting older in general is just like oh they're just like other people. Yeah, and then you see them as like oh yeah I'm trying to picture like myself like well because you know my dad was uh, around but when I was born is basically like like the age I am now. So yeah. you're like okay and then you just start to see them like less as parents and more just like people who were trying yeah like we would have it out yeah, yeah. we would have hung out like back then this is so yeah. cool yeah um yeah what are those like was there just one like kind of pivotal moment that pushed you in this direction that you could have easily gone somewhere else um i mean less not like a you know i met this person and it led to this it was more just kind of like a, a weird sort of like the the natural gravity of the situation would kind of just like pull me in a way like okay when I was in college like I knew that I liked where did you, where did you go to school uh, UCLA okay uh, so being in LA like mm -hmm. was I mean I, I guess that's a choice to an extent too like if I had said okay I'm gonna go be going uh, I want to go to school back east yeah or um, I want to go like to Berkeley or something that like just the the natural sort of um, surrounding vibe of not Hollywood's the wrong way to put it yeah. but just like oh, you know, my friend had a sister that worked at, like, New Line when I was in college. Right. And I'm like, oh, I should probably get an internship. Uh -huh. Like, having no clue what the fuck that even really was. Yeah. And he's like, we should talk to my sister. And like, okay, I'll yeah. go. I've heard of that. Yeah. And then, so, like, I interned there. And so now I've done a thing tangentially, like, in entertainment. Yeah. Um, and then that led to, like, another thing, another internship at NBC. And, like, I met a dude there. Uh, who is an editor. NBC thought, in New York? In, in LA. In this LA, okay, when, yeah. when I was in school. Um, and I thought, like, 
the editorial aspect of it was cool because I, I really like the tech side of things. Yeah. Um, but it's also, it's a very good, like, kind of left brain, right brain combination. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. So you didn't thing, have an ambition to become an editor, you just no. stumbled across it. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I mean, but that being said, like, I would make, like, when I was still in school because I liked the, the gear and, like, as opposed to just, like, okay, I wrote this thing, now what? Like, fuck mm-hmm. that, I have, like, a little camera, let's mm-hmm. go make some stuff. And, like, yeah. in high school, um, me and a couple of friends, like, we had, like a, like, a TV station at school, and so we were the people that did, like, the morning announcements. Yeah, so I I'd, like, you know, yeah. I'd, like, I would come on TV, like, every day and just, like, hey, here's what's going on today. But then we got in trouble uh, doing it live because we would, like, bring on our friends and they would, like, write stuff on their stomach and, like, lift their shirt and they're like, all right, so, <laughs> so no more, no more of the live things. Yeah. You can, you have to record it and then you have to like get it approved. You like, can't draw chicken fingers in your, your chest to say chicken fingers are for lunch. Can't do it. Yeah, can't, can't do, do that. that. Yeah. So, so then we had to start, <laughs> then we had to start filming stuff. This is all like VHS, <laughs> yeah. VHS to VHS and get it approved. But that was great because it was like, we had like a pass to get off campus whenever to go shoot stuff. Like, Amazing. oh, we should go shoot this thing down at the beach. Yeah. Great. So then it was basically just like, Genius. yeah, learning. And, but it, you, you, I saw very quickly, like, how if you know how to, like, make a thing, like, that you can give, do it yourself. Too, yes. Yeah. That gives you so much more freedom to not have to be dependent on, like, someone else for an idea. I say that now as someone who's, like, working entirely on other people's ideas, but, like, yeah. still, like, ha- understanding, like, how to just, it's, it's like anything if you're, like, you know, a carpenter. Like, oh, I want to make that. Okay, I'll just, I'll make it. Yeah. Um, I think there's also, it seems like, you know, there's a parallel from the then till now, but like the camaraderie of just being with some friends, having an idea and making some shit. That to me is like far and away, like, that's what the best part of filmmaking is working with like a like-minded group of people that like you actually enjoy being around like that's that's the only thing yeah truthfully yeah um and like who cares what the output is yeah it's like yeah i mean to an extent yeah. like Enjoying, when you when, yeah. when you when you talk or when you hear like interviews of people who are like you know if this famous actor was in a movie that ended up being like crappy or whatever mm-hmm. and people are like what were they thinking he was talking shit on it the whole time yeah, yeah and 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 or whether or not he was talking oh, yeah, shit yeah. but like but they'll do an interview with like them later like why'd you make that he's like because everyone was great and like we went to like Majorca and yeah. like it was fun it was wonderful and yeah, I enjoyed we, my life doing yeah that. we had a great time yeah and like also when you're working on something it's so hard to know like when you're actually like in the thick of it like is this gonna like hit in a certain way and you can yeah. sometimes have like a sense but yeah it's, it, it's, it makes me laugh or yeah. it's making me emotional or whatever it is yeah it's the people like that's yeah. that's the main thing yeah is who are you working with do you enjoy being around each other like, do you, are you bringing out, uh, like, the best in each other? Yeah. And that's that's the most fun thing. Yeah, that's amazing. Seamless edit. I moved to New York in the um, uh, beginning of 2007, uh, mainly to follow my girlfriend at the time who was uh, out here because uh, I wanted to live in New York. Uh-huh. And um, it, it, it's most people's story why they came to New York, either yeah. school or significant other. Well, that, that's that they're the, probably no longer with usually. Oh yeah. no, yeah, we broke up like, pretty, <laughs> pretty quickly actually. Um, <laughs> like New York, this is amazing. This is great. We're not right for each yeah, other. You're great, but yeah. yeah. Um, well, that's the funny thing when people are like, hey, I want to do like this job, or I want to do that, or I want to work on that show. Like, what did you do? I'm like, uh, I, I. Followed my girlfriend at the time, and then I played <laughs> on a kickball team, and I met some people, and then we worked together. Wait, you then, met people at a kickball team, and that's how you got your career? 
uh, <laughs> I mean, like SNL specifically to an extent. Really? Sort of. Yeah. Holy shit. It's all, I mean, I was like, I was working. Yeah. And, but like one of my now like best friends, uh, we played together. He was a producer at SNL at the time. Uh-huh. And we played together in this kickball team. And then his wife was a post producer. And like we worked on some projects oh, together. Amazing. And uh, I was just very lucky that he was like kind enough to be like, hey, we have like an opening if you want to like come in and just give this a go. Yeah. Uh, and I was like 29 at the time. Um, but, and, and it's almost like. Uh, irresponsible truthfully that he even like offered <laughs> offered this to me he just knew you had a good right foot i hope i mean i i guess uh it could have very easily gone very poorly yeah. very quickly um he probably had some work to back it up that yeah, seen, yeah yeah but but like snl uh, at least on like different the, beast right yeah and from the the film side of it i mean every aspect of that show is is abnormal and the timeline's crazy um and like post is no different but the yeah, he like just gave me a chance and it worked out. Like nothing exploded. What, what was the first uh, your first day on the job like? Like terrifying. Yeah. Just oh god. So when I first started, the director I was working with was this dude uh, James Signorelli, who was there since the show had started. Had been there like since you know what seventy five. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, since 1975. So like any classic commercial that you grew up like yeah. loving, like that was this dude. Amazing. Um, and so he was like, you know, just an institution unto himself. And I think he just saw me as like, all right, you're going to sit in the chair and you're going to like, you're going to do exactly what I tell you to yeah. do. And at, the time, hands, I, yeah. and at the time I was like, yeah, okay, we'll, yeah. we'll get that done. Yeah. Um, but it was like, it was just, a, it was like kind of tense and uncomfortable and, but got through, everything went well, and then after a couple seasons... Uh, what, was the, what was the first thing you cut there? Oh, God. It was this thing called... Uh, I think like the actual name for it was like like either... Uh, it was called Barbecue Commercial. All the names for like the things uh-huh. were like very like generic. Uh-huh. It was when... This is how long ago this was. It was when there was like a swine flu or swine fever, uh-huh. whatever it was called. Yeah, like the H, yeah. H4... Uh, something. Yeah. And it was basically like, it was a commercial that they had shot, that they had ostensibly shot in like the early 90s for like a barbecue place where like, you know, come on down and you're going to have one bite of our brisket and you'll get, and then there's like this country band that'd be like, swine fever. And then it would like cut to like black and a VO saying like, we recorded this commercial before the outbreak of the swine fever virus. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was like it was very yeah. it was very silly, but yeah. like the funny thing is now like looking back on like that type of thing from like a, a production scale or like a scope versus like the stuff that we've done in like the last couple seasons. Yeah. Like what at the time I was like, this is crazy. The pulling this we, off. We, we can't believe we're yeah. like gonna do this and blah blah blah. And yeah. we look at that now and like no knock on it, because whatever, yeah. time and a place, but just from a, a scale perspective, it's like it's hilarious how like well, it seems like like you go and watch some of the episodes you guys do and some of the films you guys do and it's like holy shit like you basically made like like Wes Anderson is like the perfect example what was it like Wes Anderson Halloween yeah yeah, yeah 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 I mean they we we <laughs> shot all that 
Like, can you just give like an example of what the timing is for one of those so people understand? Yeah, yeah. So like, so broadly, the film pieces at the show, or, or I mean, like everything at the show, is written uh, Tuesday night. The writers stay until the sun comes up, basically. And they go home for a bit, and then they come back in the early afternoon, and then there's a read through on uh, Wednesday afternoon that goes into early Wednesday. And how many ideas, like for, as far as like for the film pieces, are there at that point, or are they already narrowed down? No. So, so during the read through, they they usually read like you know like thirty or forty scripts. Okay. And then like from those, there'll be like um, a handful that are kind of like you know either film specific or like potential film pieces and then nowadays there are three film units that are going like when I first started like there were plenty of weeks where there was no film but now pretty much every episode has at least two usually three pieces when did that change was that during like the Sandberg era and all that a little after a little after that so like like nothing but praise and respect to the Lonely Island dudes Mm -hmm. like they're like the main reason that uh, film pieces became like kind of that that had like the, maybe valued more yeah, yeah and had the whole and, and and they were really smart as just far as like anticipating whether or not they were doing it consciously like uh, here's the way that things are eventually going to be delivered like the next day when people are watching it or on yeah. Monday and and you know like Lazy Sunday was probably like the first thing I saw on YouTube yeah yeah like, for the, sure yeah YouTube should send those dudes a billion dollars yeah you're welcome Yorm. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so everything is uh, read through Wednesday. Like, Wednesday night, I'll get an email as far as, like, what we're going to be doing. Mm-hmm. And then they pre-produce everything, like, on Thursday. And it's from scratch every time because, like, it's, yeah. a, it's, it, it's not like, like... If you're working on, like, a normal show, like, you know, here's the show Bible, here's what we're doing, it's kind of standard... I mean, there's there's a standing crew in the sense of like we're working with the same people over and over again, but like they're they're not there, so you have to crew up every time, mm-hmm. and you have to get like your gear and your permits and your locations. And, especially in New York City, it's not easy. Yeah, and and scout and uh, what often happens, especially on like like the kind of the more uh, ambitious pieces, where it's like okay, so you know it's going to be like a Star Wars piece, like mm-hmm. we're do like a uh, undercover boss with uh, oh, Adam so Driver. Yeah. They built that entire fucking thing in like a day and a half, like from scratch, like just built it. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, like the, the people at that show and fully understand people like, Oh, it's not funny or whatever. I, I would never like tell someone like you're wrong about your sense of humor. Yeah. But the fact that like anything exists that you can even watch and like let alone the fact that Days. it has like yeah. a level of quality that it does is just like a testament to like how it, uh, unbelievable they are from like a, a craft's perspective. Yeah. They're so amazing. Like you got to have people at the top of their game to be able to turn around stuff that looks like that that on, quickly. On every level. Like the ma- like the shit that the makeup people pull off. The main guys is is this dude Louis Zakarian who's like a legitimate genius. Like I'll talk to friends who like work in like makeup and prosthetics, and like they know they know this guy, and they're like they can't they don't understand like the speed and the quality and the combination of the two. And, and there's also got to be a level of like I know as a creative I have a uh, a habit of perfectionism, um, yeah. and there's like that's just got to go when you're on a, a timeline like that, and, and even ego it, there's probably not a lot of room for any of that shit. No, it, it's. You have to find that like that sweet spot of I hate to say like good enough because like we, it, it's not that we look at someone like oh that's fine and kind of yeah. move on yeah. but it's 
the main thing is working with like the same people that you trust a lot. That's mm-hmm. the by far the main thing. Yeah. And then it's sort of like by doing that a lot, kind of honing your sort of like your first pass to a way that like your normal sort of uh, like first build or if you're a costume designer, like your first look or if your mm-hmm. hair, you're kind of your, your, your first anything basically has like a level of kind of refinement that like a normal first pass like wouldn't have. Right. Because you're a pro. Yeah. yeah, but you're also just because there's like a gun to your head basically. Right. And um, so, so if they're doing pre-production and location scouting and all that on Thursday, yeah. So when do you guys actually shoot Friday and Saturday? <laughs> yeah. So normally, like in a perfect world, it'll be like an early Friday shoot, say like starting at like eight a.m. That'll go to like like six p.m. or something. Wow. So and and that's with that, the, but that's like that's best case scenario. And that's so, with the talent too. And they oh have, yeah, they're yeah. doing other shit too. Yeah. Well, but so yeah. But what normally happens, and this year a lot, what'll happen is, camera won't even start rolling until 6 p.m. on Friday. And again, with talent, like you're saying, and that's one of the, the main things. It's not just like everyone's there. They're, they're rehearsing and they're doing blocking on like tons of live sketches and multiple pre-tapes at multiple locations. So, so the, the, the production team, the makeup team, all the, and, and effects team and all that are working on all of the other sketches too. Yes. It's nuts. <laughs> um, How big of a team is it all in, like kind of working on one of these films? Uh, well, so like, so there's the from a, a, a the films at SNL. There's the film unit, which is that's the group that I work with, which is like I hate to say main unit, but that's the that's like the unit that's been around like the longest. More together. Yes, uh, and then there's Beast Unit, uh, which is like the kind of there's anyone who's listening. There's no like first, second, or third. Right. Everyone's equally great. That's just teams. Yes. There's Beast Unit, and then there's Good Neighbor, which is. Uh, uh, Dave McCary and Beck Bennett and Kyle Mooney, but sometimes they'll do stuff that like isn't specific to them. Okay. But there's just three full production teams. Yeah. Um, and I mean the resources are pretty much equal. It, it gets into like weird kind of like guild and union stuff, but like film unit gets like we usually have like like the the big the big guns from like yeah. a um, like the scenics and props and and mm-hmm. the actual like production people. Right. But like. Um, Depending on like the scope of a project, like crew wise, twenty five sort of twenty five yeah. people. But then you know there are shoots where it's enormous, and you have like they'll bring in like there's sixty extras and yeah. you know, ten dancers, and and you're doing everything in like a, a day and a half basically. Yeah. yeah. So we'll shoot to like four or five in the morning sometimes on Saturday. And then and are you on set cutting like as it's happening? I, u- I used to more so. Um, when I first started, because like things hadn't been uh, kind of built up as much, um, that's been kind of like one of the really interesting things is seeing sort of the way that like at least within the film production side of things, is it, it's kind of evolved over the years and built up. And like now we've built up like a graphics department, yeah. and uh, now I have like you know a couple of assistants for especially for like the late ones um, where they're you know organizing, and so I don't touch stuff until it's like. Laid out the way I wanted to. Like yeah. when I first started, um, yeah, you were the young kid. Yeah, but 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 I but there was no one else, so I was yeah. like, and it was really fun too because I would like I would be on set, like set up there, just like on like a laptop, and just getting cards straight from the camera, 
and just like being like organizing and working like while they were shooting, you know, 10 feet away. Yeah. And the nice thing with that was, you know, every once in a while I could be like assembling something and be like, oh shit, it'd be really cool if we, you know, get like an insert of that or pick that up really quick. And then you could get so like, you're gonna have an effect on di- the, like direct yeah. feedback yeah. right there, which was helpful. Yeah. Uh, Do you miss a little bit of doing that? A or? little bit, yeah. a little bit, but like the other part of me is like, I'm, you know, uh, older yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I don't want to I don't want to be on set until four in the morning and yeah. you got to you also have to I think one of the things like as I get older that I'm learning or it's like talking to anyone who when they move up into more not that I'm in like management in yeah. any sense but when <laughs> but when but when you talk to people who like started out like in the trenches and now they're like you know in more of a, a managerial situation mm-hmm. uh it's it's a, a process or a struggle sometimes to like understand how to like you know delegate in a way that like oh i don't need my hands specifically to be on that yeah and then but it's hard to let go of stuff very fully but you yeah, have especially to, especially even if it's something you're just like wait i i don't actually need to be doing that yeah but you're like but i've always done that yep so, and it has like people who maybe uh could be control freaks sometimes yeah um yeah it's like it, that's almost like a kind of pivotal point once you realize that because I feel like it's very freeing. It's, I I think I struggle with that to an extent sometimes where like I'll be working on something where, you know, I could ask my assist to like, hey, could you like, you know, handle this or do sound design on that Mm -hmm. or put this together? Um, Because I'm like, I could, fuck it, I could just do this. And then it's, then I know it's how I want it. Yeah. But like, then no one learns. Like, do this, even if it's not right, that's fine. Yeah. Then, we'll like work our way through it and like get to a better point. And yeah. that's how, that's how I learned. Like when I started. For sure. And you people, you gotta like pass that on to people and give yeah. them the opportunity. Um, what's been like the craziest, you know, I, I've heard stories from you about like last minute delivery of, of the edit to the show. What was like the craziest? I mean, probably that Wes Anderson one that you mentioned truthfully. And yeah. that was like, God, like four years ago now. Ugh, that's terrible. Was it was Wes Anderson Halloween? Yeah, it was like if if Wes Anderson directed like a horror movie, basically. Right, yeah. Um, and that was a yeah crazy normal crazy schedule, but long story short, we were basically playing live to air, and we weren't sure if because we had we had made a quick change and we were getting shots back from the color house, and it was like uh, unstretched anamorphic, and I had to. Whatever, but we weren't. But that sh- was at like eleven something. You were getting that back. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. It, we we were about ten seconds ahead of the live broadcast. <laughs> Where you finished it and it was ready to go on. It was- well, we we had we had got a change. We were done, and then we saw something was wrong, and then we had to basically like do this thing very very quickly, send it to the control room, and we weren't sure whether or not they were going to actually put the right one through because yeah. we didn't know if they had time. Yeah. They basically had to kind of like gamble and play something live to air, which is like borderline irresponsible. <laughs> um, but uh, so we were like, we were watching it live and we like, you know, 10 seconds into the thing, we knew if it was this shot, we yeah. were good. And if it was this shot, like, God damn it. Yeah. Um, but like, so, you know, we delivered it. Ran out to the TV, like, watched, and then, oh, we're good. Okay. Yeah. But it High was, fives all around. We did yeah, it. It was fun. But in, like, th- how often does it come that close? I mean... That's pretty close. Yeah, that's that, probably That's really most. close. Yeah. But, you know, I talk to people in, like, in normal production. Like, we're, we normally are delivering, like, 10 minutes before it's on. But that's, but yeah. that's like... 
that's fine. Yeah, that's and, just kind of everyone's standard. breathing easy on ten minutes. Yeah, yeah, you know, and they and like a handful of times a season, we were like done like you know an hour before they needed it, and that was like bizarre. Yeah, because normally it's like it's one of those things where, you know. People are like, oh, well, you know, as the tech gets better, it must get easier to do stuff. It's like, no, we're always... more ambitious. That's all it is. Yeah. We're, we're always going to be working until the last second, regardless. Yeah. Um, because there's always, like, more you could be doing. It's just, like, how much, you know, more and how can you make this slicker and mm-hmm. what else can we be bringing to it? Yeah. Um, like, when we first started doing, like, these more, like, you know, blown out cinematic type of things, you know, at some point we're like, oh, man, this is going to hit a wall and then... Then we're screwed. Yeah. But that hasn't happened yet, which is nice. Yeah, that's good. Um, so, Do you feel a certain level of, I'm sure there's pressure because of the timelines and stuff, but as far as knowing that like, you're pushing this on air and millions of people are going to see it and even more tomorrow, you don't no. even think about it? No. It, it's, it, really, it, it comes down to basically like I'm in a room with like my buddies working on a thing. Right. That's all. It, that's, that's all that matters. That's all it is. Wherever it goes after that. Yeah. Yeah. And then I mean, it like don't get me wrong. It's it's kind of bizarre and fun when you know there's like an article written about yeah. a thing or like it's on the the news when it's like something political or. Yeah. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons why like it's addictive in that sense because you get this like immediate feedback. Yeah, it's instant gratification. Yeah. The weirdest thing and by far my favorite thing is like if we finish something. Um, like at a normal kind of ahead of time is going on the floor and like watching the live audience react to it because you're getting feedback from a live audience on something that you finished five minutes ago, which (laughs) like there's nowhere in the world that you can do that. Like I'll work on like a a normal show or like a movie and like that doesn't, you don't get feedback on that to like, six months after you're done, a year after you're done. Yeah. And you sort of, you've moved past it. It's, it's not fresh, but this is like, it's so fresh in your, it, it could not be any more like yeah. at the front of your consciousness and to have like a decision that you made like, okay, let's go with that. Let's go with that. Okay. That. And then you go downstairs and then people yeah, either laugh or don't immediately. It's, it's incredible. weird. But yeah. do you feel like that's going to kind of maybe fuck you up for the future when you're not doing this anymore? No, because I, I think I think I realize it's almost like like being in college and doing a bunch of drugs, <laughs> and you're like, this feels awesome, and we're doing it every weekend. Yeah, and then you're like, oh, actually, now I'm an adult now, and I have a kid, and I'm not doing this anymore. And then you're working on television shows and movies, and you don't get that 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 rush for six months or a year. Sure, but I think well, I think I think the college <laughs> metaphor is actually very apt in the sense yeah. that like. You could look back on that now as like, oh man, that was a lot of fun. That yeah. was great. Uh-huh. I don't want to do it anymore. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like if someone yeah. said to you, you could go live in the dorm right now and like have the, I don't know, that actually would be kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, it's, it's, but it's a, yeah, I guess it's appreciating the moment, but it's like, it's not, all it's not normal. Like it's not normal. The, the thing. What the, do you take with you from that when you're going and doing commercial work or shows or movies? Yeah. Well, I mean, well, that that's the nice thing is is kind of like the the like the the muscles that you build by doing this kind of bizarre sort of work. Mm-hmm. Just from like a, a a boring speed perspective, your normal kind of working speed is is yeah. faster, and you're not like jamming and like oh I gotta go as quick as possible. Just like kind of the way that you operate 
kind of speeds up a bit. Well, it's got to be like, it's got to become like muscle memory. Yeah. Like you're playing ping pong and you're like, oh, I don't even know how I hit that shot, but like I can do I just now. do it. Yeah. Or baseball. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but I think what it, it, it gives you the understanding of how to just get something out there. Mm-hmm. And like this I can apply like to anything creatively, at least for, for me specifically, being like s- super precious about your first cut or your first draft. Yeah. When you, a lot of times, like when I started out or like when a lot of people start out, like we got to make this first thing like Perfect. right. It's like, yeah, no, man, get like, just get something out there mm-hmm. because then you have something to react to. Yeah. Um, and so it's nice because like when I'm like the, the kind of the, the chops that I've developed like through SNL, when I'm working on like a show or a movie and you have like time to kind of like actually like think about it and go for a walk and like talk about things with people. Yeah. Um, but because you can get that kind of like first, you know, thought out quicker, it gives you more opportunity to like have different ways to react to it. Yeah. Or it um, might maybe because you're so fast, you can go and give two different directions or three different directions in the time that maybe someone would do one and then you even have more options to react to. Definitely. And, and another thing like very similar to that is understanding um, kind of like, like empathetic anticipation to an extent. Yeah. Like when I'm working with uh, you know a writer at the show or the director that I'm working with, but normally like, like the writers, it's anticipating the way that they're going to react to something to then get ahead of kind of like to to think to think what they're thinking before they think it, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. Yeah. Because then you can sort of like guide things in a way that like you think are more ideal. Mm-hmm. Sort of, yeah. If that makes any sense, yeah. Well, it's like it, it's uh, yeah, having a little the anticipation level because then at least, well, and like, and are you anticipating just a different taste level? Or you're anticipating disappointment or stress. Like, what are you anticipating? It's it's both. It's like let's say there's something that like you know, either because you were like on set or because you've worked with this person a million times, you know that they like a certain thing, right. but you know, or at least it's your opinion that that doesn't work in the context of what you're doing, right? right? No, no judgment. It's yeah. just like, I, I think this is better. So the way that you sort of like, as opposed to like, one, one of the things that like young editors or stubborn editors do, or stubborn anyone does, mm-hmm. is they think, I'm right and I'm going to just take my you know, belief in my correctness mm-hmm. as like a way to stonewall and be stubborn. Or, or prove that I'm smart or important or any of those right. things, right? But what you can do to get to like the same end goal in theory is basically like, okay, I know that this person wants it this way. Mm-hmm. Let's make it this way. Let's also make it this way. Mm-hmm. Let's present both with like a very just like rational, open conversation about like, okay, here's this. Yeah. I get it. Here's this. Here's why like I think that like this takes what you're doing here and like, but like, you know, takes it to like a different thing. Um, so I'm going to ask some like just kind of quicker questions, maybe not easy to answer. Um, do you feel like, you know, there's creatives often thrive on like the inspiration that comes from highs and lows. Like, you know, it's, it's easy. I think a lot of times when people see successful people to only see the highs, like how do you navigate like the lows when you, when you encounter those? Um, I just think that you have to kind of remember that like everything is temporary. Um, even the highs. And so I think 
Like I try to run relatively even keeled, maybe to like my own detriment. Um, where like if things are great, I'm like, yeah, they're fine. Mm-hmm. And if things are bad, I'm like, yeah, they're fine. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think it's just like it's taking like a, a long view and not letting you know the specific moment either get you like too jazzed or or too low. Yeah. Um, cool, because it's easy. I think on either extreme, it's easy to feed into the the hype of whatever that moment is, right? Yeah, I think a lot of it too. Just for me personally, is like I find. I think I just find everything silly, <laughs> like in yeah. in in the like the bigger picture. So, like getting excited about it's very hard for me to like take. And I know this isn't like a good thing, but to take like anything too seriously, mm-hmm. like literally anything. I'm sure that never annoys your wife. No, she loves it. It's great. <laughs> it's great. Um, but like serious stuff, seriously. But like. But that's like family and people and just like, you know, humanity. Mm-hmm. But it's very hard for me to take. Like, if I'm doing work, I want to do a great job. I want yeah. to make this like the best thing. Yeah. But at the same time, like, it's still what it is. Yeah. If I'm working on a commercial, like, we're, let's get this to be like the best thing. Mm-hmm. But there's no part of me that like, where it hits like my soul in a deep level. Yeah. I'm still like, at some level, I'm like, it's a, it's a commercial. Yeah. Like it's, it's a thing. It's a thing. Yeah. Whatever. But that's um, good. It's good to be able to have that perspective on it. Cause I think it's, it's easy to like almost place, treat every project or every endeavor. Like it's the most important thing. Yeah. And like your career is going to make or break it or be, be made or broken on it. Yeah. That's, I find that, I don't know. Again, silly. Well, I wonder like how much of your mindset is due to being in the SNL boot camp. Because I, I get a sense that you don't have much of an ego, and I feel like working in that environment, you can't. And it, has, it was, that, has that almost broken you in, in, huh. in, in a positive way as opposed, as opposed to, like, I know all, or, you know, there's ego or overconfidence or a lot of things that come along when you work uh, kind of just on your own. But within yeah. a collaboration, that's really difficult to do because everybody has to kind of, kind of break down and, and, and work together on it. I just think... Like for me, what it is is I've seen or experienced kind of the um, like the positive vibes that come from when everything is firing with multiple people, like in mm-hmm. the best way, and just like realizing that like that's like that's the end goal or that's mm-hmm. what it should be. Yeah. Um, and then so when it's not that, it's not that it's like I don't like. I, I still care about it. Like I yeah. want to make like we're, we'll make this great. Yeah. This you know random whatever. Like, yeah. We'll do it well because like we're pros. Yeah. But um, but I can't let it like sometimes when I see like I'll be you know working on like a commercial project and you'll see like a creative director who's just like like literally going insane about something and I just want to be like dude it's totally fine. It's okay. Like it's fine. You're still gonna sell those diapers. Yeah. It's yeah. okay. And also the main thing that like you're beating yourself up about oftentimes is something that is like kind of so self-reflexive and internal to just the advertising industry, mm-hmm. not to like the actual like client the or the people are going to yeah. buy. Like no one gives a shit about this. No, yeah. Not not making light of it. Yeah. But but also like take it easy on yourself. Just yeah, look just look like big picture yeah. over the, a little bit. I'm like a, a, I guess like a uh, an optimistic nihilist. Like, <laughs> like let's be positive about this. But at like the end of the day, like it doesn't really matter. <laughs> I love optimistic nihilist. 
Uh, have you seen Ni- the Nihilist Arby's uh, uh, Twitter account? No. All right, I'm going to send you that. Okay. Um, do you feel like you have something to prove? Um, I guess so, but I don't even know like what, what that would be. And I guess it would be more to, my, like, to myself. But as I get older, like I think I care less about it. Mm-hmm. I just, I think, like, like I said before, the only thing that I feel like I really, because when you're young, you're like, I want to do this and have this and achieve this and get like this sort of recognition. And like that stuff is still all really fun. But like truthfully, like all I care about now is like working with people that I like, I respect. Yeah. And like, and, and just, we have like a positive vibe and just, we're like working towards a similar goal. Yeah. And then, like, everything else, ideally, if you're doing it right and everyone's good, like, that all comes along with it. Because, like, you meet people who, like, you you know, are, by whatever definition, are, like, successful or good. And, like, they just do not seem, like, happy happy or comfortable in themselves. And you're like, so what's the points? Like, what are you, what are you attempting? Like, the only, like... Really, all I care about is like who I'm working with now. Yeah. Like, that's it. That and is enjoying really your it. day. Yeah, that's well, it. Well, it's interesting, like, because I always think about wh- when I see ambitious people and even look at myself sometimes, like, what is the motivation behind that ambition? Yeah, and it could be childhood. It could be a lot of things, usually childhood. Um, but it's like, uh, like I ask people, and I'm curious with you. Do you feel like your ambition gets in the way of your happiness? I don't think so. I think sometimes I wish I was like a little more ambitious. Um, <laughs> but why? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. No, no, that's, that's yeah. exactly. Because you feel like you need to be, maybe. Whether it's the industry or the city. A bit. I think it's just more like, especially if, if, if there are, you know, uh, like sandboxes that like you wish you were like playing in more. Yeah. Um, or just like people that you find interesting that you like not even from like a oh that person's cool yeah. just like oh I think like I find you like fascinating or mm-hmm. I had a conversation with someone that was you know kind of eye-opening like oh you seem someone that would just be like really interesting to, to like to talk to more yeah and so an ambition to like to you know more uh exposure and connection to like to that sort of vibe yeah but less of like a I need to run this thing or do that. So what, what, what do you, so it's less by goals and more by people or experiences. Yeah. yeah. Who do you like, what is something you haven't done yet that you really love to do? Cause you've done so SNL for 10, 11 years. This was my ninth, season. ninth year. So nine years. And then you've done documentary. Now mm-hmm. you've done feature films. Mm-hmm. What haven't you've done commercials, but what haven't you done that you'd be really psyched to attempt. You know, I'd like to do something where it was kind of the the one sort of bummer or like a bummer with like the, the post production kind of process is it's very rare that you're kind of seeing something from like Genesis to the end, mm-hmm. uh, and that's the thing that I miss. Like uh, like that's one of the things I, I probably get the like the most enjoyment when like I I write something mm-hmm. and then it, like that's the thing unto itself. Um, because like it's a, how often do you get a chance to do that less than I'd like and yeah. that's just more it's a combination of like I'm working a lot and I'm just not putting that time into it so do you have like ambitions to write and shoot and direct and, and yeah. all that yeah 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 but but not go back, go back to your high school journalism days exactly yeah exactly <laughs> um, but uh, but not in a way where like 
the fact that I'm not doing that is like a bummer. Eating at you, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's not like that. It's just more. Um, I, what, uh, one of like my early mentors, I worked at this this uh, commercial company called Red Car, mm-hmm. and the founder of that, this guy Larry Bridges, really fascinating, just like brilliant dude. Basically, came up with like in the in the early '80s. In as far as like commercial technique goes, he was like the guy who's like, okay, we're gonna do commercials. Don't have to be like clean. We can show lens flares. We can mm-hmm. show like film roll offs. Stuff now that is like so commonplace and boring. Yeah. But at the time was like revolutionary. Yeah. Just crazy. And his whole thing, he said basically like directing and like overseeing a thing. That's the reward that you get for when you become like a master at another aspect of it. Mm. He's like, so he would always, and I, I kind of see this now, like people who, they start out as directors, but they don't understand, like, they don't really understand craft in the same way, or like they've never, mm-hmm. like... Because they haven't, they haven't done it. It's almost like when, uh, like someone who's like, I remember a manager of the restaurant I was at, and he's like, yeah, I've done every job in this restaurant, or like even great chefs. Yeah. They're like, yeah, and I will go and bust the tables and wash the dishes and all that, because they know all of that. And then when they go and do the thing that's up top, then you have an appreciation for everything that goes into it. Yes, yeah. you, you know it goes into it, and then you also have the wherewithal to like understand how to appreciate the people who are doing what they're doing, and then also know how to get people who are like far better than you at all those aspects. Yeah, and, like, well, and that comes with a, uh, having a lack of ego, though. Yeah, but, but to we'll, be able to, be, to acknowledge that, right? People, the thing that that's what I always find weird is when people are like, "Oh, it's so uh, you know big of them to be able to do it." It's like, <laughs> or they're just like. Smart and Smart, realizing yeah. like that's going to make them look better. Mm-hmm. Like you see these people that work with you know master directors who work with the same DP and the yeah. same editor and the same production designer. Why do they good. do that? Because yeah. like they know that these people are incredible at what they do. Yeah. And at the end of the day, like that's going to make me look great. Yeah. Like why wouldn't you do that? Yeah, just keep doing that. Yeah. Uh, what are you? What are you struggling with right now? Anything? Struggling. Um, I'd like to be healthier, mm-hmm. I think, just to feel like physically better. Yeah, as we drink beers here, yeah. 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 I that, think a lot of okay. that, though, is just a product of uh, kind of realizing that, like, you actually have to, like, make an attempt to maintain as you get older. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, you gotta, which you is like gotta go a, for it. Such a bummer, though. <laughs> yeah. Just this, the perfect body doesn't keep showing up no. like it did when I was 25. Oh, when I God. also thought I was out of shape then, and I'm like, God, that was in great shape. Yeah, but it's it, but not even from, like, it's weird. It, nothing to do with, like, a vanity thing. Just realizing that, like, if I don't put this time into making myself feel good, it's going to, like, be detrimental to everything. To, yeah. Like, my relationships, mm-hmm. my work, mm-hmm. my overall outlook on, like, the world. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's less of, like, a... And then like, you get, like, sort of, uh, like, annoyed and mad at yourself for not being um, as good of a steward as you should be. Yeah. Um, well, it's so easy to, like, start uh, beating, beating yourself up over, like, that shit or many other things, right? And yeah. I, I found myself doing that, like, I don't know, for, like, for, like, it was, like, October to February. I was, like, totally depressed and didn't realize I was depressed. I was right. just sitting on the couch every weekend... And I was kind of beating myself up for being too comfortable. And I was like, ah, I'm not pushing myself out outside of my comfort zone. I'm like, wait, I was actually allowing myself to be sad every weekend, which right. I didn't do for 36 years. Right. 
and that is so far outside of my comfort zone. And I was like, it's like those moments where you check yourself and be like, oh, actually, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. Or, or um, you know, and, and figure out like what, the the where to be grateful for the experience as opposed to going, oh yeah, well, I'm doing a lot in all these different other areas and I can't do it all and that's okay. I, yeah, I think the main thing is just um, that I'm trying to kind of do is like constant gratitude Mm -hmm. basically where no matter what the situation is the fact that you can like be experiencing anything Mm -hmm. is very cool yeah like literally anything and any like if like something hurts like oh that's really that's great that i am able to feel that right now oh i had that like my, my foot was hurt for like a week and i was like well, i'm hobbling around slow as shit around new york and i'm like man i am so grateful for when i can actually walk yeah you know and it's stuff like that and i think it's a the perspective shift is so necessary like you know i'm going through life stuff now and divorce now and all that stuff and which i've never talked about in here um but it is one of those things where i'm like wow i'm really grateful to be experiencing this yeah. and experiencing it with the person i'm experiencing it with even though it's a really difficult time for both of us being able to experience anything is way better than the alternative. Yeah. Because the alternative is infinitely longer <laughs> yeah. than the actual, like, Being sliver, here, than yeah. The, than the sliver of experience. That's the thing that bums me out the most about just, like, the, the current state of the world in so mm-hmm. many ways. It's like people, they're, they're not understanding just how, like, how fleeting shit is. Yeah. It's, and people thinking this is the worst time ever when you look at like health statistics well, and everything else is the best wrong. time ever. Yeah. yeah, There's a great Steven Pinker book, uh, The Better Angels of Our Nature, it's okay. called. And he basically, he's a, a linguist, but he, he breaks down in like a very statistical way, like why, like far and away, this is the best time to have ever been alive in human yeah. history. Like it's not even close. We're so lucky. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, that doesn't like take away from like you know there's real like, struggles the from horrors real people of the world yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I think it's just like appreciating, appreciating being able to like even conceptualize your own existence. Yeah, it's pretty pretty deep shit. Uh, <laughs> but I like it. Uh, what's been? Of course, then I go. What's been your biggest failure? <laughs> oh man, I feel like I would have to think about that longer. It doesn't seem like you have a mindset for failure and not in a sense that you like, like I, I've asked this question for a while now. And then recently I've realized I'm like, there's no such thing as failure. Cause that's the thing I could talk about like, you know, a specific project that like, or yeah. specific projects that like I didn't like, or, you know, I made a decision that in retrospect, like, Oh, I wish I would have done that. But then it's all just lessons learned. Yeah. It's not, like I, I will say, like I haven't, like I have friends that have like specific stories about, like okay, I worked at this place and yeah. I did this thing and that deleted the entire <laughs> fucking archive and they had to yeah. fire me and yeah. whatever. I, I haven't had like any monumental fuck ups in that sense professionally. Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely like you know some personal things where like I was <laughs> like either not the best person or mm-hmm. was just could have done things better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and it, and it's it's not trying to like pass the buck in that sense but but the things that you know really bum me out at the moment in retrospect were all necessary because mm-hmm. like what are you gonna how you, you can't change it well, <laughs> you yeah. can't make it different i also realize 
maybe in the past week, it was a weird thing. I'm like, oh, nobody goes through life unscathed. No. Like, we all have shit we got to go through, and to go and try to avoid the shit is not realistic. Because you're not living, if that's the case. Yeah. If you're, like, if you're living your life to just be completely safe and, like, you know, we're going to just get through this fully smoothly. Yeah. Then that means just by design, you're probably, like, tapping the brakes, like, a lot. On everything. Yeah. And we were talking about this earlier. It's, like... If you're numbing the lows, you're also numbing the highs. Yeah. This probably, and my wife would probably back this up, like I could probably stand to be uh, a little more just like open um, with both of Mm -hmm. those things, highs and Mm -hmm. lows. Um, But, you know, it's like saying, telling a tall person, like, not to be tall. Yeah. Well, it's just who you are. But the thing that clarified that for me after spending most of my life not feeling feelings is when my therapist said to me, she said that. She's like, you can't numb the lows without numbing the highs. And I was like, oh, I'm a Boston Red Sox fan. (laughs) So that would be like, if my entire life they didn't keep kicking me in the gut year after year after year. When they won in 2004, it would have never felt that amazing. Right. And she's like, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. And now I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God, I got to feel the shit. And I got to go through it so then I can really, like, I basically ran along parallel the parade route in Boston when the, the Sox won and would just keep running into the parade route and trying to high-five the players and then sprinting along until they got to the river. And it was like, this is the best thing ever. I love it. And my grandfather never saw them win and all that. And, like, you need to go through all of that to really, really appreciate all that. I'm with you. And I was like, oh, this all makes sense. I'm going to live life now. Um, <laughs> the Sox. The Sox, just, they bring it all out. Are you a Sox fan or are you... I mean, I grew up. I grew up going to Fenway. Yeah, yeah. We got to go to a game now. Um, what's been your proudest moment? It's probably like not even specific to me. I'd say so. Like, I get the most proud when I see that like my parents are like really like happy with their kids. Hmm. How many siblings do you have? Just one uh, younger brother. Okay. And so to that end, like, so I gave the, uh, like, when I graduated college, I gave the, the commencement speech for, like, our, our graduation thing. Oh, that's cool. And then when my brother was graduating, he's, he's uh, six years younger than me. So we, we were always at, like, very different places mm-hmm. uh, school-wise. Um, but he also gave the commencement speech. And then, like, one of our mutual advisors got in touch with me before that and he was like, hey, your brother's going to be doing this. Would you want to give like an intro sort of talk oh, cool. um, that he wouldn't know about? Did he go to UCLA? UCLA yes, he, he went there also. Yeah. Um, would you want to give like a like kind of a, a, a intro thing that he wouldn't know about um, to kind of like surprise him? Oh, that's I'm cool. Like, yeah, I don't know. He said, no, no, it would be great. It would be great. Uh. Um, so it wasn't like the actual, the, the doing that. It was more seeing the way that like my parents... Like how they felt because they didn't know about it either. Oh, that's cool. And so I'm like, oh, hey, I gotta go. I told, I told my, my brother was gonna speak. Yeah. I told him, I'm like, hey, I gotta go to the bathroom. <laughs> she's no, like, she's like, yeah. like, no. <laughs> I'm like, I gotta go. Sorry. Sorry. And so, like, I, yeah, so I went and then just like came up and like went up on stage and just seeing like their reaction to just being like, what the, what the, what the yeah. fuck? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, like, I don't know. That's I, a cool moment. That was really, yeah, I like that a lot. 
um, but like professionally, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> other things like it was fun going to like being nominated for an Emmy was fun, but yeah. but like a different. It's a different all to me. Like all the professional stuff is just like it's fun mm-hmm. and like. But you don't get you don't get too high on it. Yeah. No, it's a yeah, it's a different sort of a different sort of thing. There's an appreciation, but not a yeah. Yeah, you I don't think get it's, wrapped up in it. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, yeah, it's TV. Like, yeah, it's TV. <laughs> it's TV. It's, whatever. It's the golden age of television. Just so you know, too much. Uh, Holy shit, man! It's fucking the, awesome. The the mountain of screeners that have like come during like. And you and you wonder why like how the, is anybody why voting on that shit anymore? Yeah, you and you wonder why like the rainforest is like burning down. They're very nice packaging. Whoever's doing the packaging design, like props to to everyone there. It's and like that kind of like soft, soft whatever that is. There's like this outside thick uh-huh. cardboard now. That's just a soft cardboard. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful stuff. I, I I don't get screeners, so if you could share one with me just so I can feel the card stock, it'd be really nice. Yeah, I don't know what it is. <laughs> um, are you afraid you've peaked? Sorry? Are you afraid you've peaked? No, but not because like I'm scared that like there isn't gonna be like more. I think that like I'll look back, but I think you can do that almost about like any any like specific kind of period in your life. Yeah. And just be like Oh, well, I'm not going to do, like, have I peaked, like, athletically? Fully. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, like, totally okay. a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay, but it's, like, but yeah. like, you could still, like, like, uh-huh. I still know what it feels like to be, like, like, almost mentally to be, like, strong and, like, bouncy. Uh-huh. Like, I can, like, remember that. Yeah. So when you think about that and, like, okay, here's how, like, I would move if my body could still do yeah. that. Instead, you're going to hurt yourself now. Yeah. Yeah. So that's sort of a bummer. But like, I don't know, as you get older, and, and the nice thing is like talking to like either like your parents or like older friends, and like they constantly say like, it, like it keeps getting better, ideally, yeah. if yeah. you know, God bless. Health or God willing. Yeah, yeah if, if you're healthy and your kids are healthy, then you know, everything's just like new and, and better. Yeah. But creatively, God, I hope not. Yeah. Um, well, I think it's a... Uh... I like to always say, like, always be peaking. <laughs> yeah. Because if, you, if you're not pushing yourself creatively to, to be doing that and exciting yourself and surprising yourself, then, like, why are we doing this? Yeah, then it's yeah. just stasis. Then you're just doing the same shit over and over again. Yeah. And like, what's the point? What's your biggest fear? Mm, I guess, like, being, like, truly alone. Oh, God, that just hit me in the gut, man. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. We'll leave that one there. Um, and spiders. <laughs> nah, spiders are cool. <laughs> What's your Achilles heel as a creative person? Um, falling back on things that like I know work mm-hmm. without having to like kind of... You fall, you, falling back onto like either like a, like not, like a formula is the wrong word, yeah. but like something that like here's a trick that like I know works. It puts you in a comfort zone. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah, that kind of like limits. How do you how do you make sure you don't do that? It's not easy. <laughs> hey, guess what? This is one of those edit points. Mm-hmm. So many of the lessons that you try to apply to like the work that you do here come directly from, not 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 come from, but have like a direct parallel to the experience that that I had 
uh, sports wise. Mm -hmm. And it's not about even like the athletic aspect of it. That's just like the means people. That's the means to the end. Yeah. Right. In the same way, like, like SNL is like actually a perfect encapsulation of like a weird sort of like entertainment creative like slash sports mentality because like Saturday night like that's game night mm-hmm. yeah a hundred percent yeah and so you have to like almost like pump yourself up in the same way and like yeah. be hyped up but not like nervous yeah and be like on point and do but your not, job yes and yeah. be on point but not like too not like you know too on point because then you are like kind of like overexcited and then you're like pushing uh-huh. too hard it's like it's just finding like how to like ride that wave while still like depending on the people that you're working with like yeah. that's the best part of like of, of sports to me now and like as, as I get older like teams like I truly like don't care about teams anymore yeah like the only thing I like I still love like basketball to me is at least current basketball is, is the greatest thing because like when you watch like a great team play, it's less about like, oh, they're winning and more look at just these peak people, you know, working in a way that is just a free flowing expression of just like Mm -hmm. their unity basically. And and achieving something maybe beyond their talents or their skills like this year's Celtics. Wonderful team. So fun to watch because you're like, you shouldn't be here as like a Hoosier story. But you're working together and you have a great coach who's inspiring you and, and setting you up for success. And then it's just like, wow, that's really unbelievable to watch. I find it confusing sometimes when like creatives, less so, I guess less so in advertising, but more, but more film people that I know, they're like, they, they have a knee-jerk reaction to be like anti-sports. I'm like, you're missing the bigger picture. Yeah. Because like the the parallels are like are very direct there. Well, and it's poetic, and it's and it's drama, and it's yeah. storytelling, and it's all of those things. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty incredible. Um, are you happy? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I like, like I like I like uh, I like being alive. I feel like uh, you also have something else to be happy about, and we're, you don't usually want to. What I've heard is you don't want to date a podcast. <laughs> But you're going to have a kid. Yeah, man. We're uh, second trimester at the moment. So yeah. like Wait, around... so how big? Like uh, avocado size? or well, uh, Pomegranate was the latest. Okay, uh, all the right, latest pomegranate, thing. yeah. The apps now, uh, <laughs> as like a non sequitur, just amazing. Really detailed. Yeah. They'll show like, well, you know, this is what it looks like now. Here's what is going on in the lungs. Uh-huh. Like a 3D rendering of amazing. your little in utero baby. Um I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Um, yeah, I think just like little little humans are so cool. It's just a yeah a a, a, a pure person basically. Well, especially as someone who has a background in comedy, I think having <laughs> that that other variable around will be good for you. <laughs> I I hear they're they're very funny. Yeah. Um, no, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, and my wife is just a, a champion. Um, it's crazy. I mean, it's so weird because it's like, it's the most commonplace thing. Like there's nothing like unique about having a kid at all. Until it happens to you. Yeah. But like, I don't want to be like, (laughs) Oh, you like, you can't imagine like, yeah. And anyone who has like, like if I have multiple kids, like there's like nothing you're doing is is, not special. No, no. But it never is like, I mean, even if you're like a doctor delivering babies every day. It's still amazing. It's probably, it, it must be crazy every single time because it really <laughs> makes, 
Like when you break it down, it really makes no sense. Yeah. Even when you're like, well, here is biologically what happens. Like, no, yeah. no, I get like the... But it's amazing. Yeah. yeah it's insane. Um, um, well, we were talking earlier about like you thinking about your parents at your age and when they had you and all that. Like what, what would you want your kid to know about you right now at this point in your life? I'm just like a, just a dummy trying to figure it out. Yeah. That's it. I just wish there was like some world where like you know, mid-late 30s, you could hang out with your, like, mid-late 30s parents. Yeah. And then hang out with your mid-late 30s kids. And just... That's pretty nice. Yeah, that would be cool. But, like, ideally, ideally, you know, you raise them to a point where, like, they eventually just see you as, like, like a person who is, like, putting their best foot forward and, like, trying their best. Yeah. What else can you do? What else can you do? Uh, And finally, how are you feeling right now? Great. Awesome. We did it. Thank, Adam, thank you so much. Cheers to you, man. Thank yeah, you. Cheers. Hey. We got beers to cheers. Thank you. Adam, thanks so much for joining me and good luck with fatherhood. I am confident you'll figure it out, you dummy. If you enjoyed this overshare, please subscribe to ensure you get future episodes when they're released every two weeks. Also, rate and review us to help other people discover overshare. Thanks to Working Out Working's Gabby D'Amato for editing this episode. The Overshare theme song is Let It Grow by Caleb Grow. Follow us on our brand new Instagram and Twitter channels at Overshare Talks to find more content and info about our live events. We also have a private Facebook group you can join as well at Overshare Talks. And if you'd like to learn more about Working Not Working and join as a creative or to hire creatives, check us out at workingnotworking.com. That's all we've got. See you next time.